Welcome back to Cheap Seats Chatter. I'm the host of the General MLB Show, Cole Rains. With me is Joseph Bork. Joe, how are we doing today? Doing well, doing well. How about you? It's uh, it's going as well as it could be. I know baseball's on. Uh, still still battling the uh, whole quarantine type stuff, but I'm I'm excited to watch sports as you are. And uh, um, I I was gonna get into it. I know we've beaten it uh beaten it up a little bit this week, but uh, the trade deadline was on Monday. And uh, I know you were on with Alex last night talking about uh, the Western teams and that. But are there any teams outside of that West division that shocked you by not making a move or a move they made? Um, no, I mean, I don't think there's anybody that shocked me because I didn't think the Dodgers would do anything. Sometimes there's more power in saying we're OK than there is in trying to get more people you don't need. And the Dodgers don't need anybody. So. I, that- People, people saying they think the Dodgers need somebody, they don't. They have Walker Buehler back. Kershaw's pitching like a Cy Young winner. They didn't need Ross Stripling in the first place. They wanted to trade him before the season. And then Artie Moreno just pulled that trade out from under them for some stupid reason. Um, so, uh, no, I don't think any team really did stuff that I didn't think they would do. Maybe some teams I thought would sell more didn't sell, but that's also probably because of this season. You know, the the one team that shocked me the most, and I know it was talked about a lot on the East show, was the Yankees not making a move. That pitching staff doesn't scare me. I don't know your thoughts on it, but I would have I would have liked to see uh, a possible Lance Lynn or Kevin Gausman. I know those are two names that were thrown around quite a, uh, quite a bit in that trade mill and the trade rumors. Um, I thought the Yankees would have been in on one of them, if not both of them. Um, your thoughts on the Yankees not kind of staying put? Do you feel the same way you do about the Dodgers or... Uh, I think the Yankees kind of just waved it and said, look, this year's not going for us. Uh, like sometimes you have a year that's just not going to go your way. And I think they just figured if we trade for more people, they'll probably get injured. Like, like they're just in a bad luck situation this year that whoever they touch gets injured. So I think, I think there's no point. You just want to ride it out and see what happens. Because if you start making moves, getting rid of your prospects, their fans are going to kill you. And it probably won't work out in the end because you have too many injuries of your stars. So even you're not, it's not like you're going to bring in the equivalency of Aaron Judge or the equivalency of Torres when he's out to replace him. So if you're trying to catch the Rays who have kind of just been cruising along, even with a bunch of injuries themselves, that's why the Yankees can't really use that as an excuse. Um, then they, uh, they're not going to catch them. Cause that's the big thing that people don't realize the Rays are supposed to be a pitching first team. They have about 10 pitching injuries and they're still killing the Yankees. So this is just not the Yankees season. That, that and you bring up the Rays that, that brings me right into my next point. I was going to ask you if there are any teams that have really shocked you and, and the fact that, uh, they've been either really good or really bad, you know, you, you're pretty high on them coming in the off season. They, and they kind of stunk it up this season or you, they, they shocked you because you're like, I don't know what this team's going to do. And here they are battling for a playoff spot. Any teams like that come to mind for you? Um, the Rays wouldn't be one. Cause on another podcast, I'm on, I said they would win the division at the beginning of the year. So that hasn't surprised me at all. I thought they would be better than the Yankees. Um, a team that probably has surprised me would be Ken's beloved team. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, I did not think um, 
would be as good of a team as they are. They're uh, 22 and 14. I did not think, and it could be because the Central stinks. Uh, but uh, they're still 22 and 14, and taking advantage of those teams in the NL Central, and then they still beat teams in the AL Central. Um, so that's kind of the team that I would peg as a surprise team. I didn't expect them. Where the AL Central was kind of a Indians, White Sox, Twins, everybody was like, who the heck's going to win the division out of those three? And right now, that's still the case. Who the heck's going to win the division out of those three? So that's not really too unexpected there. I guess what would be unexpected is the fact that the Tigers are 500. Um, That's my team, man. I've been, I've been kind of pre, I've been riding their coattails a little bit coming into the season. They have, they have professional hitters this year. I don't mean to harp on the Tigers too much, but, um, but uh, that's my, that's my beloved team. Uh, coming into the season, I didn't have a lot of expectations, but I knew we'd be better. I didn't think 500 better, but here we are, 35 games into the season, and they look they look pretty good. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. They have been a lot better than, and Miggy's been a lot better than I think most people expected coming into the season. Uh, but I guess another surprise team I would put in there, I kind of glossed over them, is Toronto. Toronto's 19 and 16. They added uh, Taewon Walker and um, what's his face at the trade deadline. I'm blanking on the other guy they Stripling, added, but uh, Ross Stripling. yeah, Ross Stripling. Yeah, so they have they're adding to that core there, and they're probably going to make the playoffs unless if they fall off with the expanded playoffs. So they're being there for the first time in a while, playing as the Buffalo Blue Jays. Um, so uh, first time Buffalo will be in the world or in the World Series in the playoffs since like. 50 or 60 years ago when there was a baseball team in Buffalo. So <laughs> crazy, uh, crazy to think about. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to uh, speak to a team that has kind of been disappointing and I'm not going to leave the NL central. You talked about the Cubs being a kind of surprise success. How about the Cincinnati Reds only be 16 and 21. I, I know I'm, I'm on the train now that I think they're a year away. I think they're a bullpen move away from being that contender next year but coming into the season man that lineup the starting staff I was really thinking like holy cow this could be a this could be a new uh shift in the NL Central power uh with the Brewers and Reds you got the MVP on the Brewers you got the Reds with a new revamped lineup and here we are 35 games in the season as I said and they're ranked three and four behind the COVID ridden Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs yeah yeah, that's true. Yeah, the Cardinals I mean, uh, are probably a team that's surprising, too, because of all the COVID. Uh, they're not as good as people maybe thought, but they're still battling at 500 with all the issues they had, obviously, off the field. So, I, I Agreed. I mean, they. I don't know your thoughts on how the MLB should handle it. I don't know if it's been handled the right way. I don't know if it's been handled the wrong way. I don't really want to harp on that. I'm here to talk baseball with you. And do you think if the Cardinals don't get all, is it 60 or 62 games in this year, right? 60-ish. They don't get their 60 games in. Should that be a punishment if they're like tied, their winning percentage is tied with another team, say – I don't know. I'm looking at the NL West right now. The Rockies and the Cardinals have the same winning percentage, and they're tied for the eighth seed. Should that be held over the Cardinals' head that you had guys breaking protocol? Uh, 
you really couldn't because you didn't do a hell of a lot to the Marlins. So it would be a little hypocritical if they all of a sudden just took it to the Cardinals. Um, so Manfred kind of set a bad precedent there. But, I mean, I think I think it's just he's trying to let the teams control it and it's not working to the degree he hoped. And that's why we're probably going to play the postseason in a bubble. Uh, so, I mean, it's just... It just is what it is. He thought that the teams could control their own players better than they could, and it just didn't happen. So uh, it is what it is. But I think they're gonna they're gonna get in. They're gonna keep them wherever they're at because they already said we're going by win percentage. If you have fifty five games, tough crap for that other team. If you have a better winning percentage, guess what? That team's below you. They can they can bitch if they want to, but the league's not going to change it. I don't I don't I don't agree with it, but. It's not going to change anything. Yeah, it's can... the rules. That is the rule. So, but the real reason I brought you here, and we we have been talking with it uh, before we recorded, is I wanted to ask you your player surprises, your predictions on MVP, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, anybody that has kind of really jumped off the page for you. And my first question is: is who the heck's American League MVP? Um, I saw an ESPN article the other day that still gave it to, um, Trout, although I'm not sure if I fully agree with that article, but you know, they can do what they wish. Um, the, it's very tough for the AO MVP because everybody's hitting like after the first month, um, you have like, like, for example, I don't think anybody would have thought Fran Mill Reyes could be the MVP of the American League. But uh, with how he's hitting right now at 336 with eight home runs and 25 RBIs, he sure as heck could probably be, if he keeps hitting like that, uh, be the MVP of the American League. And then you got the White Sox that have Tim Anderson uh, right up there with that great batting average again. You also have a couple rookies. Uh, I don't think he'll win the Rookie of the Year in the MVP, but... If Kyle Lewis keeps mashing and gets his into the 330s, he's at 328. Plus, he's a rookie. That should probably weigh a little bit more on the voters. Um, he could even be in that conversation because if you're hitting that high as a rookie, even in a 60-game season, that's still pretty darn impressive. So, And then, of course, the long-timer, been around for a few years with the right Sox, Jose Abreu would be up there as well. If I had to uh, pick now just because that team's running like a fine-tool machine, that it was supposed to be before the season, as we know Dallas Keuchel's mom said in a dinner before the season. We won't get into what she said. Um, but <laughs> uh, they, um, they are cruising and they are doing really well. And I would give it to Abreu because he has a 980 OPS, a 33 homers, 12 RBIs, and a 313 average as their leader that has just been there the whole time waiting to finally have a lineup around him and actually have a good team around him. And now that he does he's becoming the dude that everyone thought he would be when he has that around him and not missing a beat. So I would give it to him because he's carrying his team. And the other reason I would give it to him, and I think they might, is he's getting into his mid-30s. So if someone really has a great year that carries their team, really has been there for a few years, they try to give it to that person before they kind of dwindle away a couple years down the line usually. So I think they might favor him a bit for that reason, just from following past votings and all that crap. Interesting. I have two names you didn't bring up 
I know pitching is so hard to vote for MVP, but if the Indians do make the playoffs, I feel like Shane Bieber's name has to be in the conversation. Um, he's got six wins right now, an ERA of 1.2. I mean, he's he's just been ridiculous. Leading the AL in strikeouts by 18. The next closest is Lucas Giolito at 66. Um, eight quality starts. You, you, you can't ignore what he's done out in Cleveland. He's been carrying that staff. Uh, he's been... Uh, a, a pretty good surprise. He was at the back end of the rotation this year. Uh, Kluber being moved. Klebs now moved. You you see him step into a role, and he's really thriving in that role. And and the other name, and, and I'm a little skeptical on this one because he's had steroids in his past uh, history, and the, and the MLB is kind of uh, tentative with that, is Nelson Cruz. I mean, he's tied for the league in home runs. He's top five in average, top five in RBIs. So, there's a there's a possibility, and it's crazy to think, but Nelson Cruz could win the Triple Crown in this shortened season if some of these guys fall off and he just keeps mashing. Um, so I and uh, it really, if it comes down to me, whatever team wins the AL Central, I really really like that Jose Abreu pick because the Eves that third name in the White Sox that I think people have kind of forgotten about. He had a stretch there where he was hitting home runs almost every at bat. It was crazy to see against the Cubs and then the I believe it was the Royals that played in the after series. But yeah. whoever wins the AL Central, I'll be at Cleveland, Minnesota, or White Sox. I think the MVP's on that team. If it's Cleveland, it's Bieber. If it's Minnesota, it's Cruz. And if it's the White Sox, it's Abreu. I, I, that's my personal opinion. I don't think Trout can win it. Team's not winning. I don't know your thoughts on that. Um. The, I mean, I think it's going to be likely who wins the Central because that's the division, like we said, going uh, at a couple minutes ago that it was going to be those three teams. You were kind of going to be Indians, Twins, White Sox. That's what everybody thought coming in. Nobody wanted to pick that division as analysts coming into the season because it was like nobody knows who's winning this division. It's going to be a crapshoot of a bunch of teams battling each other. Um, and that's exactly what it turned out to be. And I think you're right. Whoever wins a division will probably have the MVP. Now, if it goes to the Indians, it probably could go to a pitcher because unless if it goes to um, Reyes, Reyes, as I said, then it would probably go to Bieber. But it, dep- it depends. They would have a tough decision there if they want to pull a uh, Justin Verlander for Shane Bieber or if they want to give it to uh, Reyes and then give Bieber the Cy Young if the Indians make the win the division, which will probably be the case. Um, if they win the division, I would think Shane Bieber would win the Cy Young. I, I don't think anybody. I mean, you're bringing up the next. My next question. I don't think anybody other than Bieber can win the Cy Young. I don't know. You're like I know Lance Lynn has been really good out in Texas, but I know that team has been kind of brutal behind him. Um, is there is there is there another name that jumps off the page for you for AL Cy Young outside of Bieber? No, because nobody else is near him. When you look at the pitching stats, the the closest AL pitcher, because all the other guys right below him are NL, um, is Dallas Keuchel, who has a 242, and then Bundy, who has a 247. So, um, unless if, and then Maida, who has a 253. So, unless if those guys catch up or Bieber falls back, uh, they're not going to be able to do that because they're not even close to him. He's in first, the second closest AL pitcher is in ninth. So, yeah, he he definitely is a shoe-in right now. He, he he ran away with it early. Um, you brought up his name earlier uh, in the batting average leaders. 
Uh, Kyle Lewis kinds of seems like the the runaway rookie of the year vote too. Uh, is there any other names I'm missing? Uh, he's my prediction to win it. I I don't know what your prediction is, but is there any names I'm really missing here? If it's not Kyle Lewis, it'll probably be Luis Roberts since he won the Rookie of the Month over Kyle Lewis. So I would say, which I don't necessarily agree with, but that happened. Um, but uh, he won it in the first month, and they tend to use that a lot for their voting at the end of the year. So if if the voters do weigh that, then it might go to Luis Robert. But I would say it should be Kyle Lewis, but if it's not, it's going to be Luis Robert. We've been pretty high on the White Sox through the, the first portion of this show. Um, you bring it up, Jose Abreu as an MVP candidate. Keiko has been uh, tremendous this year. Giolito has been what he's been made out to be. Um, does that mean that Rick Renteria is the manager of the year in the AM? It's certainly a possibility because the thing I like about Renteria, too, is he seems to know when his guys are done. Like some managers kind of beat around the bush and go, okay, I could probably throw you out there for another inning and put where like he seems to kind of now having a couple of years under his belt has learned from all his past years and now really has put everything together from all the knowledge he's garnered and um, has been able to really manage his staff a lot to the best of his extent this year, which has been a uh, fun to watch because he just seems to know exactly when to put that one guy in in the pen like whoever he puts in it's like okay i need to pull keiko now let me put such and such in our next game it's let me put this guy in because he has a pitch for three days but i know he's going to get the job like he's one of those guys that just seems like a great manager knowing exactly when to do something and obviously those are not common all the time anymore uh, so uh that's a that's the thing that I would give him the, he would be my lead right now for the manager of the year. But again, I think it might go to whoever wins that division. Rocco Baldelli's another guy. Uh, exactly. Head coach yeah. of the twins has been pretty good. And uh, you can never rule out Kevin cash uh, in Tampa Bay. I just, I, I mean, uh, it's still Kevin cash. Oh yeah, it is Kevin cash. You can never rule out Kevin Cash in uh, Tampa Bay. That team's been uh, playing. I know we. I know a lot of MLB minds were high on him, but I don't know if they were this high on him coming into the season. Um, so he's. Uh, I think it really comes down to uh, those uh, Indians, Twins, Sox, or Rays for manager of the year, yeah. as those teams have been uh, playing a little bit over their head, uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, we're gonna... well, I will say. Oh, I was just going to say. No, go I ahead. Wasn't, yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't be as high. Like, I was really high on the Rays to start. Then when they started having injuries, I was like, eh. Uh, then they would just, oh, nope, this doesn't affect us at all. Uh, meanwhile, New York's like, yeah, about winning a baseball game. Um, so, like, it's like a completely different dynamic that I thought would go the other way most years, where if the Yankees have a lot of injuries, usually it's, yeah, we keep figuring out how to win, where this year – they have a lot of injuries and they can't put it together. And the Rays have a lot of injuries and they're just like, you know, we'll just pull this pitcher off the street that hasn't pitched in six seasons. And uh, he'll have a five, e like a five ERA his first two starts, but then bring it down to like a two and about five, five other appearances. And you're like, okay, I don't know how that happened. Like the, like the Rays just find guys that you never even heard of. And it's just like, yeah, I'm good now. And it's like, that's why they're such an impressive team. Cause they can just, their scouting department is ridiculous. They it's just a great find a system. guy. Yeah. They yeah, just they, find a guy from someone's double A and make him into like a great reliever. 
and, and they know what they're looking for. Um, they know what stats. They know what type of uh, pitching uh, type relievers are looking for. They were one of the first teams to adopt that opener type mentality. Um, I think. I think if the Rays do end up, I know it's not based off of playoffs, but if the Rays do end up having a successful postseason, I think Kevin Cash's name has to be. Uh, I think it's him and Rick Renteria, personally. I know Rocco Baldelli's been pretty good. He's probably that third. I, 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 Francona's got enough love. He's probably coming in fourth for that for that conversation for me. We're going to shift yeah, gears. Uh, now, we, 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 we've been talking a lot of AL. Uh, I Personally, I think outside of the Central, I'm, the AL's all wrapped up. We kind of know what teams are going to be in the playoffs there. We know the ML MVP. We know the Cy Young races. We know who's there. When we go to the NL MVP, I know Tatis has been okay. He's been pretty good. But there are a lot of names that could could, ju- could jump off the page. And I, I want to hear who your thoughts are on uh, MVP for the NL. Yeah, well, the Nationals have two possibilities. Uh, Soto Granite hasn't got the bats of Trey Turner. But um, – they're both top two in the league in average. Um, and then continuing from last year, Michael Conforto continues to impress for the Mets as a, as a, a former first-round pick in 2014. So uh, I don't think he'll win the MVP, but if he keeps hitting 331, he's going to be up there. So that's another name to mention. Marte started dropping a little bit, so I think he's pretty much out of it. Uh, Freeman is a guy I think more would – elevate again over Starling Marte. So I would still say he's in it. If I had to pick somebody just because of the OPS they have with the home runs and RBIs, and unless if there's still an East Coast bias, which there is a lot of the time, I would say uh, Tatis would probably be my guy because if unless if the – voters are old school and don't want to vote on someone that has flashiness, which would be a bunch of BS. But uh, otherwise, I think it would be Tatis. I, I I think he's the first name that comes to mind. I, I think he's probably going to end up being the MVP. Um, but a guy like Marcelo Zuna, he's hitting 301 with a 1.014 OPS and 12 homers and 30 RBIs. Like he's sprinkled in all over the top fives of homers, RBIs. Um, OPS, he's a guy like who a lot of teams, like, I don't know why the Cardinals gave up on him personally. I was never really the highest on him, but he is a very good right-handed bat. And the fact that the Braves kind of got him to replace Donaldson's bat in the lineup was, I, I, I think it was an upgrade personally, because Donaldson hasn't played this year, but Ozuna's name is, I think he's probably going to be a top five guy in the MVP race, uh, come crunch time. I, Acuna's been hurt. Albies has been hurt. He's really had to, him and Freeman really had to take the bulk of that offense. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, another guy that will be in there, but again, if people aren't going to vote for Tatis because of his flashiness, then you're a hardcore hypocrite if you vote for John Juan Soto. Um, so he should be in there, and I would vote for him. But if you're not voting for Tatis because he's a flashy player that breaks the unwritten rules, then you can't vote for Juan Soto. So you're just breaking your own rules at that point. The whole Grand Slam thing, I mean, we talked about it on the first episode of this show. It's ridiculous that that was even an, uh, 
a, a problem because we watched the Blue Jays come back from a seven-run lead like the, the week after he had a grand slam mm-hmm. to put him up like eight or nine or whatever the hell it was. Um, but if that rubs off voters to not vote for him, I I, I think MV, MVP cannot be as uh, as valued as high if Tatis is rubbed off because of a grand slam he hit. That's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I'm with you on that. Um but uh, but yeah, the MVP race in the NL, it's it's pretty crazy. A lot of names, a lot of good players out there, which is pretty fun to watch. MLB's back having storylines. It's been really fun to watch out in the NL. Um, and for the um, pitching, Cy Young-wise, two names come to mind, Hugh Darvish and Max Fried. I think they're. I think those are probably going to be it's gonna, good old Western duel all the way down to the end of the season. I think those two are... are kind of run away and hid for the top two candidates for the NL Cy Young. I don't know if I'm missing anybody. Um, I mean, he has been pitching really well in um, Arizona. He only has a .20 above Freed. I would throw in the top five somewhere. I think Zach Gallen will finish if he keeps pitching the way he is, which if he doesn't finish in the top five, then I don't know what people are looking at. If he pitches like he is in the first month of the season, I don't care about how good the Diamondbacks are. Like, like, what is he supposed to do? Hit for them and pitch? Like, <laughs> so if he if he does really – like, he lost yesterday's game when they blew. He should have a win from yesterday's game. I was watching that game, and they just blew. So uh, I would say he should be up there as well. Darvish is probably, if he keeps pitching the way he is, just going to get it over free because uh, when Ross came in, he just told him to be him. Joe Madden wanted to limit him when the dude can throw double-digit pitches. He's like, well, you can't possibly be good if you throw double-digit amounts of pitches because you can't focus on one of them. And meanwhile, Cody – or not Cody Ross. David Ross comes in and goes, yeah, uh, you be you. Just do you, and let's see what happens. And, well, <laughs> that worked out well. So Yeah, um, we're, we're definitely Darvish, seeing – Yeah, now he's back to the old you Darvish. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring up David Ross. We mentioned the Cubs are one of the best shock teams in the whole league, uh, atop the NL Central. He's runaway candidate for manager of the year, right? I think he would. Like, if they said you could vote with the season left in the season and the Cubs were still where they're at, I would be like, okay, cool. Submit David Ross for me. But like, yeah, but there's a month, there's still a week left. I don't care. <laughs> like, 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 with how he's doing. Uh, I would probably almost vote him as a manager of the year now if they gave me the option to do it because the Cubs had no business being as good as they are. They have business being a good team, but they lost. They they had the issues in the locker room last year with Madden and with certain players not loving the way they were doing things. And then David Ross just came in as their former buddy, now becoming manager, and went, okay, this is how this is going to work. I'm going to let everyone be their own person but I need you to focus and be ready on the field every day. And obviously that mentality works well for him. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, Chicago's really got to love what baseball's going on. They got to love their two managers that are there too. David Ross and Rick Renteria are both probably. Yeah. How about that? That never happens. Chicago is having two good baseball teams in one season. I mean, we'll we'll get to predictions for World Series. I know it's way too early, but it's always fun to do halfway through the season. And I like, it's 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 not out of the realm of possibility for me that we could see a Cubs White Sox World Series. I don't know about you. It's just I I can't wrap my head around it, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. We'll get there though. We'll get there because we've got one more 
uh, award to give out midseason wise, and it is the NL Rookie of the Year, and I have no idea who that's gonna be. Uh, yeah, the NL, the NL is a lot harder there. Who you're going to uh, select as your guy? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that didn't really get caught up in the NL compared to the AL. Um, but could very well be a trying if some of these pitchers that got called up continue to pitch well, maybe they'll just give it to a pitcher by default. But 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 I'm trying to th- like if Ian Anderson, for example, keeps pitching well for the Braves, maybe he would just get it by default. Um, I've got the odds up for here, and here's a few names. Dustin May from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, so another pitcher, yeah. So that would still be a pitcher. Jake Cronenworth from the San Diego Padres. Now, I am not familiar with him. I don't watch a I don't watch a lot of West Coast baseball, but he is hitting three forty six in yeah he's one hundred and four really at bats. So he's also on fantasy team, so I pay a lot of attention to him. So yeah, he's so, really good. <laughs> I did not I did I did not know he was a rookie, but uh, he is the odds on favorite right now. Um, but yeah, I think I think the NL, I think the NL rookie of the year is probably between Dustin May and Jake Cronenworth. Um, I didn't know Jake Cronenworth was a rookie. Outside of that, I mean, you brought up Ian Anderson. If the Braves continue to have success, success, excuse me, and he is uh, a, a top dog in the in the staff, you can't uh, you got to bat your eye at that. But yeah, I think it's going to be one of those three. Yeah, because you have Cronenworth. I mean. What might hurt him is he's a 26-year-old rookie, but I hate that that hurts people for some reason. I'm like, why the hell does that matter? He's still too good as a rookie. Um, but the Dustin May's pitch phenomenal, so that's definitely an option there. And then, of course, like I said, if, if Ian Anderson uh, continues to pitch well uh, in the final month and basically is the second ace for the Braves in his first season, then that probably is going to higher his stock i would think for the well it should hire his stock let me put it that way for the rook for the rookie of the year because i'm pretty sure if it doesn't then that's pretty pathetic at that point because he's <laughs> i mean he would be doing ace work when he just got called up and one of them was against the yankees in his debut normally the first team you want to face in your career is not oh yeah let me face the yankees uh for my major league debut but that didn't really phase him at all so <laughs> But pretty good. Uh, uh, he threw against the Red Sox the other night. Looked pretty good. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. He's he's certainly a name that you oh, got to consider in the conversation. Yeah, we also forgot he's an outside looking in guy. But uh, the guy on the Mets, the tall, lanky lefty, uh, David Peterson, is a guy that um, has pitched pretty well. And that's also me complimenting the Mets. So that doesn't happen often. Um, we can stay so, in the NL East. Sixto Sanchez has not been bad either. I I didn't. I he's a rookie for them. Uh, if the Marlins continue to have this weird success that they're having, and he's a top of the rotation, much like Ian Anderson, you got to keep an eye out on that too. So, yeah, a lot of the NL's pitchers, other than Boom, who I see in the odds on this one, and Jay Cronenworth and Mauricio Dubon, uh, are in the odds on the one that I went on for sports betting dime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's those are the last thing too. And Dubon has been pretty good out in the uh, San Fran. Uh, they're eighteen and twenty, and I know a lot of people were kind of expecting them to be sellers at the deadline, and they they're kind of standing put. And I think what you, I think why we saw that is that expanded playoffs. And uh, now I'm I'm going to shift gears once again to these expanded playoffs. Are there is there a team that has been a surprise all year that could come into these expanded playoffs and really? S- shock the world and upset some of these top seeds is there a team that you see that could do that because i see one and i don't know your thoughts but i think the colorado rockies could be that team they could be it's similarly to why i would pick my team i think the uh the blue jays could also be that team because if we go back about a week ago their offense was hitting on those cylinders and then it kind of went to being an, a, a a solid offense so if, if all of a sudden, in especially a three-game series, if they just hit on all cylinders for three games, then you might just be done as the other team. Because if you're just throwing pitches and they're smacking all of them around the yard, you can't you can't really do much about that when Bo Bichette's hitting you left and right, Flatty's hitting you left and right, Lourdes Gurriel, Mente Oscar Hernandez, who half of the people don't even remember is on the team anymore when you ask them about the Blue Jays, hits a grand slam or a home run or something. <laughs> so... Uh, the Blue Jays, I would say, would be a team that I would look out for, especially with how they keep seeming to get more confidence as time goes on. If you're coming into the playoffs as one of these top or higher teams, now that they also added more pitching, that makes them – they don't have the top-notch pitching other than Ryu, but they added solid guys. That makes them more dangerous, too. I, I And I, I'll speak to my, my pick of the Rockies here. You can't – discount star power in baseball and i know i know their pitching staff is not ideal i know they just gave up what was it 23 runs to the giants um but trevor's story nolan arenado and charlie blackman are is a trio of hitters that i think you could put up against any other trio in the mlb as uh, a top five trio uh hitting wise in a lineup uh, you add in guys like David Dahl, who's been pretty solid this year. Daniel Murphy, who's a very solid veteran. Matt Kemp, who's kind of having this weird resurgence. I wouldn't call it a resurgence because he hasn't been great, but he's been a formidable option in the lineup. They have a very, very scary lineup. They play well at home. I know they're 9-12, and but they hit at home. They're better on the road, shockingly, this season. So I don't think you can discount the Rockies if they get in as that eight seed. They could potentially give some uh, trouble to the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Braves, whoever's atop the uh, NL. Yeah, so it sounds like both of our teams are we're picking because of offense more than pitching. Absolutely. I, I just think, yeah. I mean, the only team that would scare me for uh, the Rockies would be facing off the Dodgers because you're getting a trio of Kershaw, Bueller, and, I mean, take your pick, Dustin May, uh Probably Dustin May, right? I don't know who would be yeah. the third option on the Dodgers. They have a bunch. I know David Price isn't even playing, so I mean that's going to be fun next year for the NL West. But um, but looking at it, I mean the Blue Jays. Do you think the Blue Jays won with a better record than the Yankees this year? Well, they're getting there. Um, Only a game behind. Yeah. If the Yankees keep getting injuries, yeah, I would say yes. And if their guys don't come back soon, then I would say yes, because the Blue Jays have been pretty consistent. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10, so they've only lost usually one in a row, 
where the Yankees have not done that. So they've lost two in a row at times. Uh, and in the second half of the month, you can't really do that if the other team behind you is actually playing fairly consistent baseball. So if that stays the same, I would say, yeah, believe it or not, the Yankees will probably finish third in the division and everybody will be shocked at the end of the year. But I mean, you don't if you don't bolster a weakness like you saw teams like the Blue Jays and the Athletics. I mean, the Athletics added Mike Minor, but you see the, these teams all around the MLB really strengthening some of their weaknesses. Uh, they're going to get better. And the Yankees, I feel like, didn't strengthen a weakness. And I feel like because of that, we're going to see a lot of problems uh, with them in this upcoming uh, postseason. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just had so many injuries, like I said, so they just didn't want to keep trying, 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 trying. And then this is just like some years just are not your year. I know I saw somebody tweet out of a Yankees reporter about how like the one manager and the like the one guy that works for the team was talking about how off this year is and stuff. So it kind of seems like they're just going, this just isn't. <laughs> this just isn't it for us and this is a 60 game season so if any year we want to just stay put and just move on to next year that would be this season so just chalking it up to a weird season i like it yeah. well uh we're uh like i said we're halfway through the season but uh do you have any bold or hot takes i guess i'll ask you first on uh what has occurred this season um well I think it's, I think the league, I mean, playing in these divisions, it's been cool. Um, What's going to be very odd, though, is the playoffs. When we get to the playoffs, it's going to be the first time teams have played each other. (laughs) So it's going to, like, that's never happened. And that's something I've just been thinking of. Like, you're going to be playing in the postseason. It's going to be like, oh, I haven't even seen you all year. How you been? How's your family? How's it like, like, like you, like, you're just going to literally be the first time you set eyes on each other and played each other. Um, so that's definitely an interesting dynamic, uh, for this postseason. Uh, what has happened this year so far though, I think what surprised me the most is how many people write, or like, I just look around on fan sites. So how many people write articles about how people are like falling off of their cliff, the proverbial, as Max Kellerman would say, cliff. Um, so like that's you can't really say that in a 60 game season really because the batting average fluctuates so much i could hit 180 in the first month and then if i hit 300 in the next month my average is going to look like i was one of the best things since sliced bread at the end of the season because i only had like 100 at bats so when you only have that amount of at bats like what happened with uh hoskins in philly now is a higher average than jt real muto because of how good he started hitting and real muto started struggling for a couple days so the whole, like, some articles I see on Fansite and other sites about how this guy might be declining, I don't think this is a year you can, unless if a guy's clearly declining, write about a guy declining that well. Because it's a 60-game season. It's odd for everybody. The guy might also be thinking about his family more than baseball. Like, you don't know what goes into it in this odd of a season. So I don't I – don't, agree with people that think a lot of people that are having off years might be declining. I think it's more just chalk it up for 2020. Like, interesting. Interesting. And like, I, I know I spoke to it early uh, on a, on a, on a blog and in a, on the, another podcast I was, I was talking 
you know, I think I'm afraid we're going to see a guy like Charlie Blackman was hitting about 400 for the first month and a half of the season. And I'm afraid we're going to see a guy that's on an expiring deal that had a very, very successful year this year. And a team's going to throw a boatload of money on it. And he's not going to be that way just because he he had a hot 40 games. And to to what you are saying, I could it could be that. a hot a hot 100 100 at bats. And like like look at Chris Bryant. This is the polar opposite of what I'm saying, the opposite end of the spectrum. Chris Bryant's been uh, atrocious this year. He, they hit him atop of the order. He was bad. Um, he's, he's going on to an expiring deal. Granted, he is uh, a money guy. He's got uh, – who's the big agent? Uh, Boris. He's got Boris, Boris as his agent. Gone. So he's probably going to make a bunch of money anyway. But the whole problem is, is I don't know the team that would jump to pay him a lot of money because he is hitting – whatever 212 yeah. or whatever he's hitting this season you know i i, I don't think you can value there is statistics one team, as much yes. i was going to say there's one team if they keep the dh because they're kind of just recruiting scott boris clients um is uh philly if they want to put him not at third base obviously because they have alec boom uh but if you trade Stott or something as a shortstop and you want to get Chris Bryant and put him at first or the outfield or what have you, it seems like Philly is basically Scott Boris's homeboy, uh, where <laughs> like they always figure it out with Scott Boris. So if there's any team that I think would be able to figure it out and even get like a sweet two-year deal to be able to say, okay, he's not that good right now, but if he does great for two years, then we'll pay your client a crap ton of money. Uh, if they, if they go with that, they also, he's best friends with Harper. So that's the other reason I tied that in. Um, mm -hmm. they, that could be a team that they would probably just say, let's give it a shot because he, you already have a good lineup as it is. So it's not like you're hurting your lineup, the, the third highest lineup in the NL right now, or in all of baseball, actually, I think. So it would just be, you're getting the guy, if you sign him for two years, uh, for two years, seeing if he becomes the Chris Bryant you think he can become. And then if he doesn't, then you just move on from him again and get stuff for him in the second year of his contract. So if there's a team that I think would take a chance for him, it's probably the team that basically is seems like they're obsessed with Scott Boris. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. And, and, and what really – and that, like, really scares me because, like, that bringing up Chris Bryant, I'm, I'm going to ask you, there's a lot of – disappointing stars this year christian yelich on the brewers has been very bad jose altuve has been very bad but that's much to a lot of baseball fans admiration because of what <laughs> happened with houston um but who's been the biggest disappointment hitting wise to you this year uh christian yelich but that's also a bias because i picked freaking christian yelich on my fantasy team uh <laughs> but uh, I would say Yelich too, though, because he's just always a player I've enjoyed watching. He has that sweet lefty swing that can hit at all fields and shows power. Um, I would say it's been Yelich, but I feel like he's one of those guys that he's going to have to, I just feel, one of these times he's going to have that swing that he just goes, oh, there it is. And then, like Hoskins had, and Reese Hoskins is nothing close to Christian Yelich. And he clicked it in and had that one swing in Fenway that he banked it off of the top of the wall for a homer and then all of a sudden so I think Yelich with the higher caliber player he is just going to be able to do that at a certain point I'm just 
waiting for it to happen, but I think it will happen where Chris Bryant obviously has a lot of outside stuff affecting him too, like the whole fight with the Cubs over his tenure and all like he's not just baseball, baseball, baseball. So that is not a good thing to have as a player either. But I would say it's Yelich for me because he's the MVP. I mean, he's a backup, back or backup, back to back MVP. I mean, like you don't expect this guy to struggle when he's a guy that's just up there with belly every year. Uh, that's why you have the belly and yelly uh, battle. Yeah. So no. I, I'm with you, man. There in it, and and uh, and I I go to school in Milwaukee. Uh, the the city kind of runs with the Brewers and Bucks, and uh, Brewers are sitting at seventeen and nineteen. Bucks are down two zero to the Heat, and uh, it, it feels lifeless, you know. And on uh, Yelich and Giannis and Rogers, like they kind of rejuvenate the city, and they really get bar life, and all the TVs going, and it gets the city buzzing. And uh, with Yelich, as disappointing as you have said, it, it not I don't I don't hear all the baseball talk on the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm not seeing the, the Brewers ads up on the road, so. I, I'm I I think I have to agree because I have seen Milwaukee when Yelich is in the MVP race and the Brewers are a postseason team, and it is a, a clear divide. I, I think Yelich probably it probably goes Yelich Altuve Bryant one two three. To be honest, I don't think anybody's been more disappointing than them. Yeah, but uh, but that brings me to my final question. Uh, it is September third. We are about 35 or so games into the season. Do you have an MLB World Series, uh, NL representative, AL representative, and champion prediction? Um, for the NL, I would honestly say it's harder for me to pick. For the AL, I would... I'm still going. I picked my team from the beginning of the season, so I'm still going to give it to Tampa and because they figured it out. They just keep figuring stuff out. Kevin Cash is a genius. Uh, and I think they're just keep figuring that out. So I'll give it to Tampa. Plus, some of the relievers are going to come back eventually, and they already have all these other guys doing great for them. So I, I believe it's going to be Tampa. I mean, when you have a guy that has like a one of the best relievers in baseball – is like that cozy or whatever his name is, uh, kid on <laughs> Tampa, and I haven't even heard of him before this year. Like, like, like the one of the best relievers in the game. They uh, John John Curtis. That's who it is. John Curtis. He has a one nine eighty RA with a point nine five WHIP in eight games with thirteen with over thirteen innings pitch now, and nobody ever heard of John Curtis before this season, or probably until I said his name honestly. So, um. Like that's just the that's just the race for you. Their scouting's impeccable. So, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, I personally, there's two World Series I really want to see. Actually, I'll throw in a third one. I want to see three World Series. One of these three, Rays Padres would be baseball pornography. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. Both teams have never won a World Series. You've got the brilliant mind of Kevin Cash against going up, going up against one of the youngest, brightest stars in Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that World Series, it might not do numbers because it's Tampa Bay and San Diego, but my goodness, that would be, that would be awesome to watch as a baseball fan. Two, we bet we mentioned it, a Chicago White Sox, Chicago Cubs World Series would be very good for baseball. Um, both teams are young. Well, White Sox are young and up and coming with some 
sprinkled in very good veterans. And the Cubs are pretty similar, to be honest with you. You got Baez Contreras mixed in with guys like Hayward, who's been pretty good this year. We I, I got to give props where it's due. He's, his numbers have been better, and Anthony Rizzo is a good veteran there too. Jason Kipnis has been very good for him. So they have both teams have a good mix of veteran leadership and young talent. I, I think that'd be a fun World Series to watch. And the final, and I know I'm going to get yelled at this by a lot of different baseball fans, but I would love to see Astros-Dodgers just one more time. Well, I don't think you're going to see the Astros. And if the next year, if it becomes Astros-Dodgers, there probably will be cease of existence. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> After that World Series. I, I think, I mean, Astros are sitting 20 and 15, and I'm like weirdly scared of them. Now, like I like their guy, their pitching staff has been like good. Like they have Javier, who's been good. Framber Valdez has kind of come out of nowhere. McCullers is spotty, but he's been pretty good for him this year. Granky's all right. Who knows if Verlander comes back, that even makes him better. The lineup's starting to figure it out again. Kyle Tucker is a pretty good young guy for them. And I just want to see Joe Kelly against Carlos Correa in the World Series. I'll just say it. It feels like a WWE booking, but I really want to see Astros-Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah. Um, I don't, because I don't. I mean, the I, I'm tired of the Astros. I don't think they should even have the World Series. I'm with Stephen A. Smith on that. I think the league should have flew down there and said, sorry, keep your money, but you ain't champions. No, uh, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you. I am not an Astros fan, but I'm also not like an Astros hater. Like growing up a Tigers fan, Justin Verlander is like my idol. Like I pitch in college, I watched Verlander since I was like five years old. But um, but I just really lo- like I think that'd be so fun to watch. Like every night is just brawls. Like you're like on the edge of your seat, waiting for a brawl. I think like as crazy as it sounds, an Astros Dodgers World Series would be good for baseball. And the Dodgers win it, clearly. I don't know your thoughts. I know I know a lot of people are anti-Astros. I'm not, like, anti-anti-Astros. I hate what they did as a baseball well, player. Is, yeah, my issue is, and to not harp on this, but if you're going to keep the Astros players eligible at the end of their careers for the Hall, then Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame as well. So that's that's the problem. If you're going to keep the like, if if you're going to keep Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame, then right now you should tell them they can still keep playing baseball. But Correa, Altuve, and Bregman are not eligible for the Hall of Fame. Doesn't matter what their careers finish with, you're not I, in. To be honest, I think it's going to be held over their head anyway. Joe, I really do. I, I baseball fan, baseball voters, the Hall of Fame voters are very weird on how they vote for things, and I don't understand why. I, I'll never understand why. That's a, the discussion for another day. But I, I think it's held over their head, and it takes them a while to get into the uh, Hall of Fame if they do. Oh yeah, but the issue is the committee can't put Pete Rose in because he's still ba- like that's my no. If, yeah, I understand. if Pete Rose is banned, they should lift the ban if they're not going to put the Astro if they're going to allow the Astros to just keep doing their thing because there's no if they, as soon as they lift that ban, the whatever the higher up committee beyond the baseball writers is called now that they implemented a couple of years ago would definitely put Pete Rose. In. No, I the, I. I I understand what you're saying. I'm more hor- I'm more so harping on the steroid side of the Hall of Fame and 
I, 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 that's another take that a lot of right. people disagree with, but I think they should be in the Hall of Fame. As we said, that's a, a loaded discussion, probably for an off-season show. Um, but yeah. Any other uh, final thoughts, Joe? Or we we're we're good rounding it out today. Yeah, we're good rounding it out today. Everybody just enjoy all the great games on. It's been a fun season to watch so far with a lot of young, exciting players uh, continuing to come up the ranks. So just enjoy all the games, everyone. Absolutely. Uh, this is Cole Rains with Joseph Bork. We're checking out with the Cheap Seats Chatter, uh, G- uh, General Friday MLB Grab Bag. And uh, go follow us on Twitter at OTH Cheap Seats. And uh, ask us questions on Twitter. We'll answer them on our shows. Uh, if you want to... Ask a central question, feel free to at Ken Allison18 on Twitter. If you want to ask a West question, feel free to at the Sports Guy242 on Twitter, at me on Twitter, C Reigns38, at you on Twitter, Joseph, JJ Boric26. Do ask us questions. We'll be gladly answering them on our show. So once again, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Once again, this is OTH Cheap Seats Chatter on Twitter. We are at OTH underscore cheap seats. We'll be giving you baseball highlights, our takes there. Our takes will be on this podcast going four days a week as we spoke to in the show. But uh, if you really like baseball, you enjoy what we're giving you, you should go check out our partners at Dugout Mugs. That's dugoutmugs.com. They make mugs out of the barrel of baseball bats. It's a great gift for any baseball fan, or let's be honest, for yourself if you're a baseball fan. So once again, dugoutmugs.com.